Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Shad. I'm doing well as well. It's been nice weather here for the most part for about five days. Except for Saturday because that started at like 92 degrees, then it rained and dropped like 30 degrees in the span of two hours, and my ankles were not happy with me. That's what happened here today, so. It hurt. Uh yeah. All right. Uh, first of all, thank you, everybody out there listening to us. We appreciate you joining us for this episode. We want to get our shout outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast to save 10% off your order. For other shout out, we go over to Matt. Uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. I don't really have like a funny segue. <laughs> um, Aunt May's uh, number one fan. Aunt May's number one fan. <laughs> okay. Also, does not set himself on fire on Twitter over dumb. Oh God, damn! Oh, that, I could have made that joke. I could have. That would have been a perfect joke. Like Orlando oh. Cologne. Uh, has All right, not let's rewind real quick. Fire. We pass the ball over to Matt. <laughs> Shout out to Orlando Cologne. Um, who, as far as I know, has never set his foot on fire when doing a dumb <laughs> indie spot, uh, <laughs> unlike other people. Right, right. So um, tonight, you know, we've been doing a lot of footage episodes here lately, and so we we decided we were going to go for something a little more low-key, and um, we're busting out the old bag of holding again. We're bringing it back, except Brad doesn't have it. I stole it from his house and have it here with me right yeah, now. Yeah, I need to get that. I need to get that portal you put in my basement removed. Um, yeah. I, I don't have the I don't have the 25 gold to pay the wizard to remove it. Well, cuz you keep stealing my money too. Yeah, well, it's a DIY thing and I've got to keep my uh, you know, I got to keep my uh, skills up to scratch, so All right. Um <laughs> So the a- Put a more like uh, crap. I can't remember what they are. The uh, the mimic. I'm gonna put a mimic in there that looks like the bag of holding, and it'll bite your hand mm. off. Oh, I'm gonna start picking up the bag of holding with a stick now. What was that? Uh, the old like D and D joke that would people tell like you know a bard, an elf, uh, a warrior walk to the bar or something like that, and tell a story about how like uh oh god I can't remember this joke. Let me find. Let me Google this. Okay. All right. And then we'll go back to it. So um, the first thing we're going to actually get into was an idea that popped up. It was um, the idea of fandoms you used to have that are that are um, 
fallen away now. Um, whether well, I, they're dead or you're not part of them anymore or anything like that. So do we want to talk about the one we've probably spent 10 to 12 hours on this show bitching about over the years? <laughs> Matt and me especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, go, yeah, we can, can start I, can, I, can I slide in the joke? Go for yes, it, Matt. I found it. Uh, it's like it's like the oldest uh, D&D joke of all time. It's like, mm-hmm. when the barkeep asked why we carried weapons in the bar, I replied, Minix. Then I laughed. He laughed. The table laughed. <laughs> like, yeah. He laughed. I laughed. The table laughed. We split the table in half. It was yeah. a good time. I wondered if that's where that one was going. Yeah. Basically. I knew there was a Mimic one, but I was thinking about like those funny cartoons that has happened to most groups where like the fighter kicks in a door, but the door was a Mimic. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Here recently, I uh, I did very nearly kill my... Uh, the bard in my group with the succubus. Um, but that's because in my group, nobody has a wisdom of over 10. So, uh, oh, that's interesting. It, it is. It, here's the fun part until the alchemist joined and the alchemist just joined like a couple sessions ago. So we were like 12 sessions in. It was team face smash. It was, uh, a fighter, a barbarian, a paladin, and a swords bard, and that was it. That that was and how did they solve every problem? They fashed, they smashed it in the face. It it's a very much team face smash. Well, I'm glad they I'm glad they're at least role playing that because I hate when people with like low charisma and like low intelligence try and like give like some eloquent speech and then they're mad at you and it's like okay well you do that but your fly was down the whole time. <laughs> and then they're mad at you, and it's like, you have a charisma of eight. You're not doing shit. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, no, he, he totally leaned into He actually got within eight points of, of just being killed outright. So that was that was fun. And when he encountered this, he, he knew what was going on, but he leaned in with the character. Anyway, the dead fandoms. Um, fandoms that... Like we said, um, we either used to be part of, or the whole fandom has died, or what, and Brad was alluding to the, the first big hitter. Yeah, so Star Brad Wars, wants... which Matt and I probably spent umpteen episodes derailing everything, bitching about Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. Did we get into uh, that hardcore when Tim was on? No. Kinda, no, because I think the whole plan was that, I even think you mentioned, like, oh, we need to have Tim on to just have a bitch oh no we were gonna have him and dames come on and slap at each other (laughs) yeah because i have a whole backyard i could make a mud pit for them like sure sell some tickets uh tim has a lot of um i don't know tim would take dames though because tim's like six foot seven and dames is like not that big (laughs) five foot six maybe yeah and i love damien he he will fully admit that he's he's a small man tim's a big boy yep sure yes he is but uh, you see i am um when i was in high school uh it started in middle school i got big into star wars because it was the first time i actually sat down and watched the original trilogy and i really got into it i really enjoyed it and then um after that it was the time when the uh the books were were really kind of starting to roll and so I was reading all the expanded universe books, and that didn't help much because I'd be, oh God, I read 
Crystal Star, and I was so mad I wasted my time reading Crystal Star that I just chucked that book across the room when I finished it because I was so mad I wasted time reading it. Um, Kevin J. Anderson's Star Wars books absolutely pissed me off. I think I've done that rant before. And then um, I get to – I think it was last year of high school for me. They made Phantom Menace, and I went and I watched it, and I spent about a week trying to convince myself it was good. And then I I faced the facts that, no, no, it it wasn't. And um, it just – it. It's been downhill ever since, but I can say Jar Jar Binks probably killed my Star Wars I, you know, I do not. I do not hate Phantom Menace. I think it gets hated on too much, but there are some horrible flaws to that movie that um, really set the trilogy up for failure. Like I think first and foremost, killing Darth Maul off in that movie was mm. just a massive, gigantic mistake. Yeah, well, and it's one that they couldn't even like actually like commit to because if people have seen stuff from the the newer stuff they didn't kill him off like he survived you don't know that until like over a decade later but he survived that's because disney has no creativity no they don't and then the um the metachlorians thing where they essentially did like the immaculate conception thing Mm. which was really dumb and i know they they went away from that it was still dumb to start with yeah. It's like, oh, you can use the force if you have force germs in your blood. Yeah. Lots of force germs. And it's like, does that mean you can become a force user if you get a transfusion? Uh, don't ask questions. Well, and and it had a the, the the prequels for me had a gigantic problem just from the start, but visually, I mean, I know it's a special effects difference, but like everything's kind of grungy and has a certain look in the original trilogy and everything's like bright and shiny in yeah in the prequels which doesn't fit yeah the the original trilogy has the way I've had it described to me is kind of an underlying world war 1 aesthetic behind it yeah um with the the clothing styles and stuff like that but it was just god the stories man uh the stories, the the fact that in the original trilogy, lightsaber duels were were the analogs for the the character conflict. So you know, Obi Wan and Darth's lightsaber duel is this restrained thing because they know each other so well and they don't feel like they can commit too much. And you know, uh, when Luke fights Vader, it's like he's he's going up against someone who's way more powerful than him. So that's that's really what's going on. Or he unloads on Vader and like it's it's a physical representation of the character conflict whereas in the in the prequels are just like jump around swing swing laser swords woohoo yeah yeah and there's a certain like i don't know there's a certain price that's paid in the original trilogy for lightsaber duels they yeah someone always comes out no one comes out of a lightsaber duel like someone comes out of it severely jacked up. Yeah, and then we get to Ray, who has no issues or problems, whatever. But Matt and I have bitched about that yeah. that thing extensively. But for me, like, um, I don't have as much to say about the sequel trilogy because um, prequels really just killed my my love for Star Wars. You say that, and 
I would have agreed with you, um, but I don't like the sequels so much that looking back, it has, and I think a lot of people are like this, like it has actually made one look back at the prequels like fondly or with more affection. And I think it, I think part of that is because of the natural thing that people get where it's like, oh, now it's nostalgia. It's like aged into like nostalgia. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, it's not they aren't good like if you had to the prequel trilogy if you had to ask me of the three prequels i would say really only like revenge of the sith is the only good one in my opinion like the other two are not good um i mean i know you just argue that it's like well phantom menace is a, does it deserve the hate that it gets it's like well that that might be true but it's like i don't think that or attack of the clones are good no they're just kind of there um but i thought I, I haven't seen the entire series, but I did think that the Attack of the Clones animated series um, generally was pretty good. Yeah, it was. And some, but I haven't read all, but some of the uh, expanded universe books were pretty good too. But that's the thing. Like, that's before, like, with this, with Disney bought everything, the sequel series stuff, like, they just retconned like all of those expanded universe books it's like that's where things like went off the rails because i, I don't actually know feel why they like they did that though because why why would you antagonize the fan base almost immediately like i'm still like perplexed by that because well, they I mean, don't own those yes like it's... they don't own those outright they don't make as much money off of it and then you can't make sequel movies if there's already sequel stuff that's considered canon yeah but mm. i mean the thing is though i mean you should i have should just, rephrase well but the I'm thing sorry. is like you should have just left that because it doesn't antagonize the fan base just do your own thing and then like those people will be a minority when they bitch about it but they still have the books instead of you telling them that's all invalidated let me let me rephrase you don't get low effort uh, sequel movies that way yeah because now you don't have to spend time considering it's like well okay how did Grand Admiral Thrawn's campaign affect the future? It's just like, didn't happen! You know what's amazing, though, is how quickly they flushed Star Wars down the toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. But, like, very, very quickly. What, five years? Did they even make it yeah. five years? So, they, they... I thought... Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I, I thought that um, The Force Awakens was fine, even if it's just, like, remaking, basically, like, the original... Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars and then I thought actually Rogue One was actually pretty good mm. um, yeah Rogue One then, Rogue One was a good like war movie and they got yeah. it's, it's they actually got Darth Vader right at the end of that mm -hmm. oh yeah some people didn't like the end it was like oh everyone died and like what did you think this was like it, it actually conveyed accurately that this was like a horrific galactic war mm -hmm. and they're trying to 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 obtain plans for a weapon that can literally like blow up planets. Like I, it's entirely believable that everyone associated with trying to stop that from happening would end up dead, especially since, you know, like the end result of this is that they created a death star. Like that's yeah. Like it, it, so I, I liked it. Um, and then like last Jedi I came around and cool. I felt like, oh my god, that went off. It went off the rails. Like it went off the rails like so badly. And then I ranted about that film, and I could rant for like the next twenty minutes. Yeah. But it just was so bad and so at times like t 
tonally wrong. Mm-hmm. Not just um, not just in the context of Star Wars, but like based upon like Star Wars, literally the Star Wars movie that y'all just did in Force Awakens. Like you, oh, like within the first like fifteen twenty minutes of the movie, you literally had uh, Poe Damon doing uh, like a call waiting, like answering machine type of joke, and it's like, why is this supposed to be funny? And in the context of like these are like genocidal, essentially like space Nazis, and y'all are doing like a, a, a call waiting like answer machine type of joke with them. It's like it is so completely tonally wrong. It's it's ridiculous. It's like if Saving Private Ryan, if all of a sudden they start making like jokes with a guy like with a literal Nazi. Yeah, like, it's like it's not funny. Like it's it totally takes it's it's cognitive dissonance yeah the easiest way that i can i can point out that um the last jedi was totally wrong is if mark hamill if luke effing skywalker looks at you and says this character is this writing is all wrong for luke skywalker and you tell him shut up and do your lines you're doing something wrong yeah Uh, you 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 (laughs) you are in the wrong and you should be listening um, but that's not what we got. And, uh, you know, it, the whole thing is not saved by, you know, Luke doing something very cool at the end. That's, that's, that's not yeah. enough to make up for it. It's like the happy ending on a Don Bluth movie doesn't erase all the trauma for the first two thirds of it. Yeah. We, and we should, we should definitely have Tim on at some point to like complain about stuff, but <laughs> I, 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 I and then they they followed it up with like the actual like mess that was Rise of Skywalker, yeah. And I wouldn't even get into all that. But then they had Tim wouldn't have a differing opinion. But then they brought in they had the Mandalorian, and I really liked the first season. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is something kind of different. It's basically it was essentially a was it a Lone Wolf and Cub, the old Japanese manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, series. I think they even made like films of it, but it was basically that wrapped up with like a space western, mm-hmm. and I thought it was like really, really interesting, and I kind of liked the first season, and then the second season rolled around, and they did some stuff in the second season that I'm like, you know what? No, this yeah. is like everything that I I don't like about this. It's like, well, now we have to bring in Jedi. It's like, no, that's what was great about the first one. Is that they completely minimize the whole Jedi stuff? Well, yeah. you know, my problem like, is is mm-hmm. Jedi within the context of the universe should be a fair amount, like a fair rarity. Like you should yes. be able to subsist in the. Um, is even someone like a Han Solo in the world? You should be able to subsist for your whole life, like smuggling or even doing mercenary work, and possibly never, ever, ever run into a Jedi. I, they should almost be like myths. Yeah. Like, how like f- like infrequently you see them. Because if you run into a Jedi, you should be dead, especially if you're a ne'er do well. Yeah. The the um the thing that in the second season that really got me were the backdoor pilots Ugh. that aggravated the hell out of me. How many um, were there in the second yeah. season? Two, I can think of off the top of my head. Um. And it's like, okay, wow, no, that I'm not digging that. But 
the fact that we've had a series that was plugging along and yeah, did it depart from some previous stuff? Yeah. Do I wish it hadn't? Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, um, you know, I, whatever. If as but, long as you're staying like close, like I know Tim's pretty hardcore about it all needs to make sense. And I'm kind of like, I'm willing to give you a little wiggle room. If it all doesn't fit, as long as it's good, I yeah. will forgive. I will forgive problems if you make it good because like we can forgive that. But when it's bad and like you're just changing everything willy nilly is when we have a problem. The biggest thing that I liked about the Mandalorian is that it was outside of the Skywalker circle. Where, where apparently every damn thing in the galaxy has revolves around that one family. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's like, I, I really. That was really, the best part about that's the best part about Old Republic is there is nary a Skywalker to be seen for another like <laughs> nine hundred and forty two years. So you know it, it's a, you know that that's because I'm that especially in the prequels. If it's like, oh, Yoda knows Chewie, and I'm like, why? Why was that necessary? But it's, oh, we want to have the tie-in. It's like, no, come on. Come on, come on, that, seriously? That stretched plausibility, like, really badly, where it's like, oh, by the way, guys, Darth Vader, when he was a child, he built C-3PO. It's like, come on. Yeah, that I, was would, bad. I, like, you, like, you throw your hands up, it's like, come on. Not everything has to be tied together. Here's the 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 best thing that came out of Phantom Menace was the Weird Al song. Um, that's fair. <laughs> but that's about where I look. Here's you part know of the reason. Better Weird Al Star Wars song though. What's oh well, uh, Saga Begins is really but look the part of the problem with Phantom Menace is. It was bad enough that the crazy fans harassed a little kid into mental illness. It's like, and why don't don't harass the actors? They're they're doing what they're handed. Don't Unless do that. Unless it's Ezra Miller, then harass away because he's oh, a piece well, of shit. Yeah, he's kind of earned that. Um, don't I like break Greg Gustin as a flash. The street either. He yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a, he's an absolute. Him and Amber Heard are like rare pieces of like. <laughs> Like, yeah. well, I, I I can't actually believe that they fired Johnny Depp on, like, you know, obviously what are lies now, and they're protecting Ezra Miller when he's, like, assaulting women in the streets of Hawaii. Uh, he's, like, getting arrested every other day. Yes, like, and it's violent, every, it's every violent week, stuff. Yeah. I think he's been pulled from the Flash movie at last, but I like Grant Gustin as the Flash more anyway. Uh, uh, like, the... the the movie that they're still intending to release or is like any yeah. future ones the, they pulled him from the movie they were intending to release i think oh my oh god are they gonna have to like replace him with like i don't know i've heard i've heard they're trying to expunge amber heard from the next aquaman too hmm they're gonna have to reshoot for that though because she yeah is mira yeah i would imagine there'd be extensive reshoots to pull this off but Regardless, um, if if there are other, are there other dead fandoms we'd want to bring? Like Star Wars is the easy go-to, but are there any others that have just kind of lost you somewhere? Uh, WWE uh, has massively lost me. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. that's that's fair. That's I, I I would also argue, um, and it's another one that Disney has kind of like screwed up. But Marvel, not necessarily Marvel movies, although they're those are getting bad. I would argue that those are getting kind of screwed up with. They um, they ex- they did too many weird projects in a row and too many niche ones and I think they don't know what to do after like the Thanos thing and I think a lot of people were just um in it to see the end of that and they didn't have their ducks in a row to like get the next thing off the ground and I don't even think at this point they um they have a big bad they could use because I think like I would have gone straight into like Galactus or like start teasing Doctor Doom, but like they just don't seem well, to have yeah. a plan with these I, these movies. That now. personally, personally, I feel like that's that could like be the easy way, but one that people would accept is that you could build up to like Doctor Doom being like the next big bad, or even Galactus. Like you could tie both of those characters together in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they've done a lot of cosmic stuff, but you could have a, a cosmic villain like a Nihilus. Yeah. Um, there are ways that they could go with that, but I, they don't seem... I, I think that they could still kind of right the ship if they basically start doing like a well-done Fantastic Four type of movie. Yeah. But I've already... They already have rumblings where that's getting screwed up. It's like, well, what if we change the gender of one of the Fantastic Four? It's like, Why? Like it's not you can have you can with Fantastic Four have them be the same characters. You can easily bring in an entire like universe of characters to come in if you want more representation. It, why not just have see that what upsets me with that with the gender swap is if you want another woman in there, just have Thing get pissed off in the first half hour, leave, and then bring She Hulk in. Like mm-hmm. the comic books where that's happened yeah. numerous mm-hmm. times. Like She Hulk is not um, a stranger to being a member of the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. or just um, yeah. just keep them the same. Put the kids in there and just bring in Squirrel Girl to babysit them, and then have her partake in <laughs> in mm. like stuff like a side plot or something. <laughs> like there's you know oh I mean God. there's there's ways you can do it because the problem is I think there's a lot of properties where you can get away with tinkering with like race and gender swaps, but you can't do it with a Fantastic Four. Because no. because that this that's how they screwed the other one up when they race swap Johnny is like no you screw up like you're immediately screwing up the thing because Sue and Johnny are related she's married to Reed and you know <clears throat> the thing is a Jewish man from like the inner cities of New York like so isn't he Reed's best friend they fought in World War Two together originally oh okay. But I mean, they're all buddies. Yeah. So, but you that's, can't. It's supposed to be a family movie, but it seems like everybody misses the point of the Fantastic Four. Well, the other thing is the Fantastic Four are not superheroes. The Fantastic Four, when they are written correctly and the book is written correctly, is they are adventurers, not superheroes. They just happen to be adventurers with powers. Yes, exactly. But they're the point of the Fantastic Four is for them to do like weird science fictiony stuff. Or to deal with like whatever Reed set up, but the, the the Fantastic Four, if you read like the old stuff, and Matt will know what I'm talking about, is it's more of an adventure book than a straight up superhero book. It's more about hey, let's go visit this weird world. Like oh my gosh, there's a Blastar or you know some or a Nihilus. 
Yeah. Or, hey, let's mm-hmm. shrink ourselves really small and see what happens. Like, that's kind of what the Fantastic <laughs> Four is. Or it's about, like, you know, Ben and Johnny getting into stuff. Getting into it. Yeah. Um, so, since we're kind of on this topic, I'm going to use this to segue us into another topic uh, that was on down the list a little bit. But we, we've talked about favorite characters and comics and stuff like that, but we haven't really turned and hit on favorite supporting characters in comics. Like, you know, your maybe your sidekicks or your support team or something like, you know, for lack of a better term, the Alfred Pennyworths of the world. Um, you know, who, who are some of your favorite um, supporting cast in comics? I think we have to start at the top with probably the best supporting character who has been fleshed out really well over the years and um they've really put some nuance into her but uh aunt may from spider-man ah i was getting ready to argue with you about alfred pennyworth but aunt may's aunt may is up there aunt may would be i think aunt may is about the equivalent of alfred but aunt may has been better executed than alfred has i think to a large degree because i think the sad thing about alfred is alfred's actually but was at his best in the animated series not the comics (laughs) that's probably true although they've done in some um in some properties they've done interesting stuff with alfred and that they have played up his past experience as like an mi6 um agent and just an all-around like badass he's not just like a butler or whatever like that yeah um i haven't seen the new the newest batman but the one that uh, it where they have the one guy god why can't i like remember his name the one who uh has done a lot of like motion capture stuff y'all know what oh, i'm talking about right um oh, yes and yes i blanked on it entirely yeah. That Andy Circus, like Andy Circus, like to me is like he can believably be like a badass. But then the the Gotham show uh, that was on network TV and Fox for a while, mm-hmm. um, that was just a bizarre show. Like we could totally talk about that show for a while, and it's just it's like ponderous in some ways. Um, it was <laughs> it was, and sometimes it's like it's campy as hell, and you're like, why am I watching this? And other times it was like shockingly dark. For a network yeah. show, and I'm like, what? they literally had uh, a Professor Pig character on one season, and he literally, at the behest of like another another bad guy, like killed people and then baked them into pies and then served them to people. And it's like, oh my god, you y'all literally did like a cannibalism storyline. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Alfred in that was played by uh, by Sean Pertwee. Uh, the son of was it John Pertwee, one of the the doctors, Doctor Who. Yeah. Hmm. The okay. Yeah, doctor. but they they presented him as just like he you know, he would be uh, he was looking after uh, Master Wayne, Master Wayne, and everything like that, and you think like oh this guy's you know nice butler whatever like that, until the time it would have to protect uh, you know Bruce Wayne, a younger Bruce Wayne, like a teenage Bruce Wayne, and he would just be like a badass. Mm-hmm. Like and it was believable. You're like, okay, I can, I can. This guy is I, sold to me as like a really like a rough and tumble like roughneck dude. Yeah. So I think sometimes they can do some interesting stuff with um with See, Alfred. Yeah. I know there was a there was a one issue in the comics where 
Alfred stares down Superman with a shotgun. And later, Soup says something to, to Bats, and Bats is like, oh, no. He probably would have found a way to stop you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Alfred Pennyworth just just being rocking awesome. Now, Brad, you were saying about um, Aunt May. She has the... She has the benefit of being a support character without it seems like having to to bear a lot of the the weight that like Alfred does. Like she's not stitching Peter up after a bad day or something. No, she um well they they revealed later on mm-hmm. that she knew for a long time and just played dumb. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you kind of get that, but she kind of exists to um. She gets sick. Well, she she can be a plot device because she can get sick. She can like cause stuff like that. She can generally, you know, she's generally like his main support thing, but also like one of his primary fears about. Um, okay, here's why Aunt May ranks behind Alfred Pennyworth. One more day. Because <laughs> yeah, everything you can't, about one you more can't day blame pisses her me for off. Something. It just it just pisses me off so bad. Actually, you know, Spider-Man has a lot of good support characters because there's Mary Jane. Um, yeah. Betty. Mm-hmm. I like Mary Jane. I like uh, Mary J- Jane as a support character, actually, quite a bit. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, I don't know if I call him a support character or an antagonist. Yeah, he's kind of probably more likely plays a role of antagonist, but um, he Robertson, has. Yes, yes, Rob. Yeah. Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson is an excellent. Especially like with his character arc over the years, like Flash Thompson's mm-hmm. an excellent um, mm-hmm. one there. Uh, the Harry Osborn. Yeah. Like he's got a mm-hmm. really he's got a lot of good ones. I was gonna say for this, I was gonna mention like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, but I don't. Th- I think they are not support characters anymore. Yeah, they're Lois at least is pre- is very much a, a main cast character for Superman stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, but um. I will mention him though because he does count as a support character, but Bibbo Bikowski. <laughs> Bibbo, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked I liked Bibbo. Um, here I'll I'm gonna. Brad Garrett was his voice in the uh, animated series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna lean in to my wheelhouse for just a second because um, while Mary, you can make the argument is more of a primary character, uh, Freddie Freeman. Captain Marvel Jr. is more of a support character, but the thing that I like uh, about that is uh, he he is befallen. He goes from being you know a football star who's going to get a college uh, scholarship and you know has great uh, relationship with his grandfather that he lives with to Captain Nazi like falls into their boat during a fight with then Captain Marvel, now Shazam, and kills the grandfather and cripples him. So what is what does the good Cap do? He turns to him and says, this happened. I am sorry this happened to you. Um, let me give you some of this power so you can help keep it from happening in the future and invest power into him so he can be part of the, you know, part of fighting the good fight. And then, um, you know, you can build, you get to build out with this, uh, you know, character who's not as practiced and not as powerful but still wanting to get out there and do stuff and be involved who i actually i think he's older than billy is uh, 
but it's hard to say that's changed because i think in like the original faucets he was younger well billy was in his mid-teens and as i remember freddie was getting ready to graduate so it would have made freddie a little older but it uh and even in the new 52 the 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 family makes really good supporting characters. Well, Freddy goes from being supporting character to a main character in it. They, but... they managed to they man they they were undoing a lot of damage because remember they did that stuff where they were turning like Mary Marvel evil because yes. um because reasons video is a fucking retard. Yes, I hated that so much. It, it was so stupid because it just showed, like don't if you don't understand how to use the character, just don't stop trying to make everything like grim dark. Dark side does not sit on anybody's couch, okay? That's not how this works. Yeah. But, uh, you know the. That was it, funny though in the in the Harley Quinn cartoon when Doctor Psycho calls him. He's like, "Oh, you're the small man that used uh, that slur against Wonder Woman that not even I would use." <laughs> and it was still they had Michael. Um, they had the they had his usual voice doing him too. Michael Ironside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if uh, I know I've pimped it before, but if you watch the first Shazam movie, they do a good job with supporting cast in that. They really do. And let's go mm-hmm. back to the Marvel side, who also is probably up there with Aunt May. Might be better than her in some aspects, but Foggy Nelson from Daredevil. Mm. I, yeah, I was going to throw that out there. That's a great one. Yeah. Foggy's a good pick. Yeah. You know, not a partner in crime, but a, a partner who's involved, that kind of stuff. Well, and he's often a foil for Matt and Daredevil in general. Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of like not as – doesn't have the natural gifts, but he's like the harder worker and all that stuff and really has to pick up the slack for him a lot. Yeah. Well, we are we are missing on a, a another good perennial supporting character from the Bat universe, and that's the rotating cast of Robins. See, I don't. I wouldn't count them as supporting characters because most of them have been able to carry a solo title on their own. So that should okay. that puts them above. To me, a supporting character or even a sidekick that should fall under this could not carry a, a title on their own. That's why. That's why Lois and Jimmy don't count because they've both okay. carried titles. That's that's fair. That's a that's a fair criteria. Here, that's then good, I'll yeah. uh, here, then I'll pivot real quick for a lesser known one. But, um, well, he had two names, Speedy or Arsenal. Had, yeah, uh, a good one. A really, had uh, several really good arcs. And also another uh, one that Right up video... until we got to Cry for Justice, and then Cry for Justice just ruins everything it touches. I would, I would yes. literally kick Didio in the nuts for that, for killing his daughter, because his yeah. character has no... Well, and you're forgetting the follow-up where he beats... Um, up a bunch of hobos with a, a cat in an alley. Dead with a dead cat. Yeah. Oh, it made no sense. No, and I like he's literally one I would kick. I would kick Didio right in the nuts for that. And yeah. I don't yeah. care like what consequences I were because they have not like he has not recovered from that ever. Right. Doing that to doing that to Leon Harper was wildly unnecessary. Um incredibly harmful and you can't don't give me oh characters come back in comics all the time they, they're not it's not a four-year-old little girl no that, this was done strictly for shock value yep and cry for justice in my book is as bad as one more day 
and they're both god awful, terrible, not written well, missing the point of you know. I will, defend, I, will defend, I will defend that One More Day at least got us a decade's worth of good Spider-Man comics where this was like a total character assassination. Like, yeah. I don't think – like One More Day like I don't think is justifiable, but at least you can say, well, hey, at least there were good Spider-Man comics after that. And it's like, well, Arsenal's pretty much just um, – he's either been part of um, the Red Hood and the Edgelords or nothing since then. Also, Cry for Justice turns Green Arrow not turns it Green Arrow of all people into a straight up murderer. Like oh, yeah. it, it doesn't understand what justice is. It mistakes justice for revenge, and makes yeah. Green Arrow a straight up murderer. It's like no, it it's I, it's garbage. I mean, the his his victim is as unsympathetic as you can possibly be. Like he, like his yeah. victim deserved deserved it. But I understand what you're trying to say. Like it's. And also, like the that didn't make sense. It's like, oh, Green Arrow like killed the guy. It's like, oh, the guy deserved it, really. Or after but that's not Green pulled. Arrow. Yeah. It's not Green Arrow, and it's also like there's little explanation as to how he did that. God. Like that mid. How he was able to pull that off. That yeah. mid two thousands DC was just like they raped Sue Dibney. Yeah. Up to like them rebooting the new Fifty Two was just one like fuck up after another. See, um, I, yeah, I liked Infinite Crisis because I thought Infinite Crisis had a lot of really good storylines that came together well I didn't like and that the sort Super of stuff. Boy Prime but, stuff and killing like um, Earth Two Superman stuff. That stuff I did not like. I, I I don't know how you would be able to continue on with Earth Two Superman around that way, but for the most part, I liked infinite crisis it's the problem um, i have with it though is they got a happy ending on crisis on infinite earth and then they had to kill him because didio is an idiot there, there there was another way it could have been okay oddly enough the arrowverse version of infinite crisis or crisis on infinite earth handled the whole thing way better uh on that front but um you know it for the most part I liked Infinite Crisis. Like you said, Identity Crisis is just inexcusably bad. It's a terrible book, and it should have been never come out. Because there's a, there's a lot of unforgivable sins in that, like um, Kyle Rayner trying to punch Deathstroke, uh, yeah. Batman not knowing how to trace a phone call, um, who was um, the Adam's wife killing Sue Dibney? Yeah, Sue Loring. Yeah. Jean Loring. Yep. Like now, just, the only thing I will say is that that did lead into Day of Judgment, which was good stuff, but you could have done there that were without. other ways to get there. Yeah. There are other ways to get there. Yeah, and it's 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 largely what led to what we have now with DC, where it does not feel like DC anymore because they've spent the last 10 years like making it unrecognizable. So even now that they've gone back to like a more classic approach like they have so screwed the universe up that it does because the one thing you can say about like when marvel comics are bad like right now like they've never screwed the universe up that it doesn't feel like marvel anymore but dc yeah. is so screwed up it doesn't feel like dc anymore yeah, they they lost their overarching philosophy somewhere and yeah all right that's a lot of griping about that um Matt, do you have anyone else you want to put in, or are you ready um, for a pivot? Since we're on the DC uh, in the DC universe, I'll throw out one that's always kind of been a supporting character, but uh, Green Lantern 
uh, Kilowog. Oh, oh yeah. that's a good choice. That is a good choice. <laughs> yeah, Kilowog is a is a fun one. Yeah. Um, and I I don't to my I mean I don't know if they've done any like group books or something, but to my knowledge, like he's not had like his own book or. You can sometimes Green Lantern Corps can be a Kilowog book. Yeah, it has that's what I mean, like stories. Yeah, um, but it's not like a full bore Kilowog book. Yeah, but uh, that's a good choice. I like I, I like Kilowog as a character. Um, he's got enough wrinkles in who he is that you can have fun with it and that sort of stuff. There's a mm. lot of good choices for that because who's like the who's like the the bureaucrat guy? I can never remember his name. I think it's like Tomar Ray. No, it's, it's the oh um no, my brother would kill me. Um. I can see him. Salak? Yeah, Salak. Salak, yeah. yeah. He's a great one. Um, Salak's also, like, a hardcore badass, but he, he spends his time doing the administrative stuff because nobody yeah, else will. Uh, Chip? Chip? Yeah. Um, actually, that's a great episode of Duck Dodgers is where Daffy Duck gets a gets a <laughs> Green Lantern ring. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, they... The Spectrum got a little old after a while, but there was some fun with, like, Larflees. Larflees uh, was yeah. good. Uh, St. Yeah. Walker. Um, yeah. Who was the uh, Arkillo? Yeah. That that was New Guardians, I think. They had some fun with New Guardians. Yeah, because Kyle Rayner became, like, the white. For a while, yeah. For a while, yeah. But it, there, there's a lot of good, good in the Green Lantern Corps, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's varied enough that you can have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. So Matt, Matt, good, good call picking up that spare, man. Good mm. call. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna pivot us to another topic if you're ready. Yes, let's sure. go for it. All right, <clears throat> and this is this is actually one that Matt brought us. So here's the question: Which would you rather have? The Steiners in their prime in current AEW. Or Ricky Steamboat in his prime in 2017 New Japan. So that's yeah. This was this was a, a topic of discussion that was posted, I guess, on the Observer Board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, posted <laughs> to um, a Facebook group that I'm part of. That it's it's pretty much just like uh, Observer people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting one because uh, obviously if you're going with uh, you have the Steiners in modern day AEW like mm-hmm. Steiners in their prime we're kind of doing a little bit of like just theorizing like how would that work out can, can I get can I use them in Ring of Honor too since that's like essentially AEW now because that's going to affect my answer uh, sure I mean okay, yeah, so... they kind of have not dist- really have not really described exactly what they're going to be doing with ring of honor so so when i think about the steiner so ftr obviously mm-hmm. butcher in the blade um, yeah and this is what would make my difference so if you can do ring of honor that means steiners versus the briscoe brothers <laughs> yeah oh my god you can and, have some um, hard-hitting slobber-knocking tag team going because steamboat yeah. and, oh, steamboat wow. and 2017 new japan for me is kind of like i'm thinking about i'm like oh that'd be fun but like it doesn't it doesn't like there's nothing there that like super intrigues me with him well it let me let me walk you through this because uh someone noted that 2017 you could have ricky steamboat against these these gentlemen kenny omega 
Oh, uh, okay, yeah, it's true. Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, there probably is a few more, but he's certainly like those uh, seven people. Uh, five years younger, so they're more in their prime. If uh, Jericho think prob- they're not. I think Jericho was around in 2017, wasn't he? Uh, I that yes, yes. Um, I think so. But you could have like those matchups in theory. I'm just imagining Ultra Baby Face Ricky Steamboat up against Suzuki, and how <sighs> what kind of clash that would be. I think I'd still take the Steiners in AEW. It, it's a tough one to me because any of those seven guys that I listed, I think Steamboat could have like five star matches with those guys. Like they would be phenomenal matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steiners, like I, we we talked, we had like our own tournament. I think we like voted Steiners as like the best tag team of all time. And they I were, yeah, I think so. I think they are like they mm-hmm. they 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 are certainly within like the top five if if you're not going to consider them the best because there are people now here it is like a couple of years after me doing that podcast there are people who would legitimately argue and I think they have a good case that the young bugs are like going to be the best of all time like they're still they're still in their career but yeah. once it's all said and done like there are people who are who might consider them the best tag team of all time and that they have an, they have a strong argument. So it's, it's tough because Steamboat will be great and the Steiners are great everywhere, but people brought up that this, that Steiners wouldn't necessarily have like the big Haas tag teams. They could get in there and just like rough and tumble with. Although the, the pairing of Steiners versus Briscoe sounds intriguing. Mm hmm. But you would um, and FDR get, like that. That yeah. would be like a modern I mean, F- day. Um, we haven't talked about it on the show, but about a month ago, I think I posted in our group chat. I was like, FTR is my tag team of the year, and there's no argument, and it can't change. Like they can do nothing the rest <laughs> the rest of the year, and I'd be fine with that. And it's a month later, and I said it then, and I think it's true now. Is like Dax Harwood is in my running for wrestler of the year. Yes. Yeah, and That's he has a right. fair FTR. argument. FDR probably is going to be like tag team of the year when we like pair everything together for the final. And Dax Harwood has is he's certainly in the the argument. He's in contention for best of the year. He's mm-hmm. had both of them, and especially him, have literally had like all time years. Like if he, his they could basically retire at the end of 2022, and ten years from now you'd be looking back at. 2022 and be like that those guys had a hall of fame year mm-hmm. yeah all time and that's that's just yeah this year that's when mm-hmm. we did our our tag team tournament thing ftr had not done all of this so we were like oh yeah they're really good mm-hmm. but they had not done all of this which in my mind really really moves them up in my estimation i'd have to go back and look and see where they fall but but they've had they had the briscoes match they had the young bucks match yeah. Um, what was the one they just did that was really good? There. Um. God, I can't remember. And then Dax Dax Solo has the CM Punk match, the Adam Cole match, and the Cash Wheeler match. On yeah. His resume. And those were so good. 
There was something from oh the oh I'm dumb. They also have the the CM Punk John Moxley tag. Oh my oh that's right for the year. That match was so good. And that's not even as good as the Briscoes match. The Briscoes match might be my like match of the year so far. Uh yeah, yeah that's that was probably the best of like best WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, that that match was just staggeringly good. As as my self-professed tag team junkie kind of guy, like that, it was just staggeringly good. I loved it so much. And they 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 have not slowed down at all. No, they're still going, man. It's and they're getting over too. They're massively over. And you know what, Dax has been just. It, grateful and humble about the whole thing in a way that is just super endearing, you know? It, yeah. It's... I mean, it, it would be in character for him to have, you know, swagger about it, but instead he's... Well, he seems almost as surprised as everybody else about how good the year's been. They're, they're low, they also low-key turn them face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been turned face by the sheer value of their work. It's... It's a very rare circumstance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that this got uh, taped. Yeah. But in January, it was FTR versus the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, and, like, some show in South Carolina. And it's like, oh, I, I heard about that, like, on Twitter. And it's like, I wish that that was taped. If it is, I hope I can track that down. Because I, yeah. that, yeah, obviously, like... Rock and Roll Express, like oh, those guys are like what? They, if they're not seventy, like 60s. they're at least in their sixties, yeah. So yeah, they're nowhere near what they should be. But I, I guarantee that that was just like probably a, a really fun match. It's the Rock and Roll versus the spiritual spiritual successor of their arch rivals. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, there, there is. If if that did not get recorded, then that's a godforsaken crime, is what that is. I could look for it. Yeah. It happened at. A BTW event in South Carolina, one twenty-two twenty-two. Okay. It's fifteen-minute right. match. Now, what was that? Let's hold on. I want to see this card. I saw some stuff. Okay, so that was the main event. Then Jerry Lawler beat George South. Okay. Matt Hardy defeats Danny Miles. Okay. Scott Steiner defeats Dirty Joe with Magnum TA. Brock Anderson defeats Lodi. Scotty Too High <laughs> defeats Teddy Goods. That's an interesting huh. show. Wow, they had a, they had 1,200 people at that thing. Oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, I would have figured they would have had it just off. 1,200 would have been the draw for just the the Midnight's FTR match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I forgot, too. Their match with the Gun Club was really good. Uh, yeah. Yes, it was. Gun Club is, like, quietly has become, like, a really entertaining act. They have oh, just been able they, to benefit. They embrace the ass boys thing. <laughs> Somebody brought this up, uh, and I kind of agree with them, but I don't. But they were like, well, they'd be better off in, in WWE. And it's like, well, I don't really like seeing people go to WWE because I feel like those talents are squandered. But I understand why someone said that. They argue it's like, well, they're like they're weird goofiness. Um, would be better served in like the WWE because that's that kind of thing would get them like massively over, and like that's probably true. Um, 
but then they'd probably get called into the main roster after being like an NXT, and then nothing would ever happen with them. They just when waste. Vince, Vince doesn't like tag teams, no. so we wouldn't really get to see them do much. I don't think. Like, um, I don't think anything would have gotten them the kind of heat they got with the Ass Boys thing. Because <laughs> even Jim Cornette calls them the Ass Boys. <laughs> Dan Housen did you uh, got the custom music made? Yeah. Uh, did you guys see that like recent and recent? I mean, like last few days, like um, like promo or something that that Billy and uh, the Gun Club did uh, with Max Caster. Yeah. yeah. What now, <laughs> Dad? Yeah, Max. <laughs> the Gun Club, obviously, like the real life sons of, of Billy Gun, um, and Anthony Bowens, unfortunately, like hurt his knee. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but yeah, they're they're kind of like is- having. Max mm-hmm. Caster is in, is getting insanely over. Yeah, he has a lot of talent. He has a lot of talent, and clearly, like uh, Tony Khan must love the Clan because they they're featured a lot. Like it's yeah. on Rampage or Dynamite. Like I I see them almost every week. Yeah, I mean, sure. and they're just but they're good at what they do though. They are they're, good at what they do, yeah. and they're so good at it that they'll be able to keep TV time until time comes for their push. And when that push yeah. happens, people are going to love it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. But uh, I did see that promo, Matt, that promo. Was yeah. For funny. those who haven't seen the promo, I forget even who they're like calling out, but it's, it's very like tongue in chief, tongue in cheek, um, where the sons are like talking and, and Max Caster is there with them. <laughs> And like one of them, I forget who it was, is like, "What are we gonna do about this, Dad?" And then one goes, "Papa, what are we gonna do about this?" <laughs> and, and Max Caster looks at Billy Gunn and it's like, "What are we gonna do, Father?" <laughs> it's like, well, actually, I think he calls him Daddy. I think he calls him Dad. Yeah. And Billy Gunn just looks at Max Caster and it's like, "What well, is what we're gonna do, son?" <laughs> it's like, like he's yeah. one of the family. And it's so like they play it up so straight, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Billy Especially Gunn when seems one, about to crack. Though, yeah, especially when the one son is like, Papa, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so perfect. Amazing. Oh, God. It's, their timing is getting really, really good with some yeah. of that comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, and just, just as another testament to Dan Housen's fun and cleverness, his most recent vlog takes what I consider to be a super basic phrase and twists it, and it's live, laugh, love that Dan Housen. And I was like, oh, he saved it. He brought it back. If I if I wander into a craft store and see that somewhere, I'm going to be tempted to leave post-it notes that say love and then that Dan Housen underneath it just everywhere I go. That's funny to say. I won't actually do it, but, you know, funny to say anyway. Uh but to go back to the original question, I mean, the Steiners are my all-time tag team, and given the tag team landscape in AEW, that's that's where I'm going. Like, Ricky's great. Don't get me wrong, there's lots of great talents that you listed in New Japan in that time period, but, man, it's the Steiners along with a bunch of other really great tag teams right now. It's, it, it, is, it is, like, right up my alley. <laughs> It's that's that's tough for another reason. It's like there are a lot of good tag teams. I really, really one of the things that I absolutely adore and appreciate 
about AEW is that Tony Khan actually one of the things that he wants to do to distinguish obviously for himself from the from WWE, but also possibly because he just loves it. Like he's made a tag division, a healthy tag division, something that you can actually watch and be mm-hmm. entertained by in AEW. So you'd have like a ton of talents in AEW that the Steiners could work through. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of love that that Tony Khan seems to have a general approach of if AE, like AEW is your primary focus, but if you want to do some side stuff, that's cool. So, I mean, we have seen that uh, with FDR, like FDR is doing shots for AAA. Yeah. So you could, in theory, you could have the Steiners and they'd be working AEW, but then they may pop up in like New Japan for like some stuff uh at some point they could certainly work in like mexico against like mexican teams in triple a uh, probably triple a because that's like the relationship that um AEW has but it, it could be like all sorts of stuff you could see them pop up in like gcw mm-hmm. you know it, it's like there's a there's a whole universe so i i too would probably pick the steiners like there's i think there's a lot more variety even though steamboat is one of my favorites of all time and the idea of steamboat uh, in his prime in the modern era against guys like Omega or Tanahashi or Okada, like it's just that would be fantastic. Those would be like classic matches. Yeah, yeah. The Steiners feel more modern to me than Steamboat. Like I feel like I could just plug them into the modern scene and they'd be fine. And like I know Steamboat would be a hundred percent excellent in this era. He just feels a little more antiquated than the Steiners. Mm-hmm. I could yeah, I could see you know the time the Steiners being um, more. Uh more timeless and also like santana and ortiz versus the steiners would be Ooh. just chef's kiss oh man yeah one. or even like red dragon man there's just so many good choices there yeah all right so this is going to take us into uh the next topic which is i don't think this is going to take real long but um are we talking about idiot blowing yeah. his twitter up Ooh, fun <laughs> so this was this happened over what yesterday and today is that right yeah can 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 you clue me in like what so ringside news i know they come up in a negative way a lot so are they just like a super sensationalistic like website or something they're just wrong a lot okay they're um, wrong a lot and i feel like they they use headlines which are like deceptive because it'd be like a a very like almost like a scandalous but like clickbaity type of headline and then you click on you might click on the article it's like well that's a tantalizing headline let me see what's going on and you read it and it's like it's nothing it's like a, yeah. not a big deal at all yeah um they've they've they're let me put it this way they're so bad about it that the uh the squared circle subreddit just bans anything you you source from them they're like no that is such an uncredible source that we don't let you post anything about them here um and you know it's it's just not only is it clickbait headlines but in a lot of cases they're just flat wrong now have they have they had a history of um shall we say intolerant behavior before I cannot tell you because they're not really someone I even focused on. Like I, I would occasion, occasionally I would see like some of their stuff retweeted or something, but I didn't follow them on Twitter. I didn't really like focus on them. 
So I couldn't really tell you, but possibly, maybe. I don't know. So the, I just do, do they have had a, them so discredited that I quit paying attention to everything they did. So now, now I, I I'm just trying to get context for this. So have they had a let's shall we say a history of having a problem with Nyla Rose, or is this like did this kind of come out of nowhere? Or was this like some culmination of like stuff? I I. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just I don't know, but at the rate the guy was going, it seems like this is something that had been simmering for a while. What were you gonna say, Matt? Uh, yeah, it seems like he really just went off the rails. Um, and it's like there's the the main Ringside News account, and there's someone else like associated with it. Um, the guy's private account. I think it's like his private account. Yeah. Um, and I think he like alternated between accounts, maybe. Because uh, it seemed like everything, obviously, that one account was saying, like the guy, this the guy was like backing it up or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, you, you just, all right, it's the same dude who's writing the main ringside news stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you're, but it's, yeah, I, I it does seem like it's been simmering. I don't think that it's, to my knowledge, there's a lot of like anti-trans or stuff because that's the big thing like he went on just a tirade focusing a lot of his like negativity on against nyla rose mm-hmm. and it was just i mean a lot of people basically saying like, it's transphobic and it certainly was offensive it's yeah. like nyla rose presents herself as a woman she's a trans woman and I, i'm fine with that most people are fine with that everything's okay except this guy had like a, a bug up his ass look yeah back, lack of a better way to put it about that for some reason that made absolutely no sense to me other than like you're presenting a very prejudiced like bigoted way well i well i guess i don't understand that someone going after her for that is um other than when they signed her and like identified like that she was like a trans person like it's it never comes up on tv she never talks about no. it like yeah. she just does her own thing and usually is just fucking off on Twitter being <laughs> funny and like just does her character on TV. But like it's never it's never come up. But if you didn't know, like if you hadn't read it online, I don't think most people would actually know. Yeah. No. Even if you followed her, I don't think people would know. No, it's not like a thing. It's obviously rep- we, we've talked before on the show about how representation matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good. It's good that they have you know, representation. I think she's a, arguably like one of the more positive trans role models in professional wrestling because there are other trans wrestlers out there. Like you don't get a, they don't get as much attention because they're on the indie scene, perhaps. Well, there's mm-hmm. the Joshi. Um, there's the one. Um, I don't remember her name. And Joshi. Yes, uh, Asuka, aka Venny. I think that's how it's pronounced, Venny. But um, just for lo- so the listeners are clear, not the same Oscar that most of America is no. familiar with. No, but because no. if she was, if she was, she would not wrestle. Uh, she would not wrestle as Oscar in Japan. She'd be Kana in Japan. They changed it for WWE. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, this Oscar, um, again, also known as Venny, uh, she has actually even done stuff with AEW. She was in that. Um, was it the like a number one contenders tournament they did like a while back, where they had American um, 
an American bracket, basically in a Japanese bracket. Um, she was in that for a while for like that tournament. Um, but she's a trans woman, uh, and it's actually like a really good worker. She was just in the main event for the Hanakamura Memorial show that really happened like Monday, mm-hmm. uh, May 23rd. And she faced, uh, Suri, mm. a stardom's champion Suri. And so that it, there is representation out there, um, but not as much like visible in terms of, like easily accessible. People like a, people who are wrestling nerds like like me and us, like they know of some trans people in wrestling only because like we're like deep in the weeds. But otherwise, like you wouldn't necessarily know unless you search it out. But you have Nyla Rose like you know on national TV, and it's very positive. Like it's very everything's. Like a better way to put it, everything's great. It's like she is she's exactly what you would want. Like she goes out, she does her thing, and then it's you should base like your with you like her or not based upon like her actual like work. Mm-hmm. Which I think her work is fine. I fine to good. But this guy had like a huge problem with it for some reason. It's just yeah. I it's ponderous, but he basically really screwed himself. Mm. Because they had a, I guess Ringside, I didn't know this, but Ringside apparently had some sort of like deal with USA Today Sports. Ooh, that's gone. Oh, yes, yeah, USA it's confirmed gone. Yeah, t- somebody on Twitter was like, basically like snitch tagged. And they're like, uh, hey, USA Sports, do you realize like this, you're, this person who's affiliated with you is going on like a really horrific transphobia rant? And the account that the official uh, sports account from USC Today like actually like wrote back and it's like, uh, wow, okay, we'll look into this. And then literally about two hours later, they wrote back, yeah, the, our relationship with that individual has been terminated. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it, it, hey, Brad, it's like you were um, Opie and Anthony, like they would comment on stuff and they yeah. would hear like a Peter news story. They're like, oh, fired, so, so fired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I saw that, I it it gave me like reminiscence. I'm like, oh, that dude's fired. Like that. It sounds like the. Uh, it yeah. sounds like the. We'll look into it. Is where's the contract at? Where's our out? I, All I right, we found it. Now we're out. I actually don't see that as snitch tagging. If they're, um, if they're employees or we'll, we'll we we will be um, let's be charitable in this situation. Let's say pointing out that someone's public employee is acting in an unethical manner is not necessarily snitch tagging. Mm, fair. I can see, yeah. I can see where you come from. I, I don't so, like snitch tagging in general, but I see where you're coming from. I don't from, think yeah. it's necessarily snitch tagging in this because they were very, yeah. that it was very severe, uh, misbehavior. I don't know why that guy got a bug up his butt though. Uh, from from what I have seen poking around, he got rip roaring drunk and just decided to cut loose. Is that the reason? Uh, that's the best I've been able to. F- the only reason I've been able to find anyway. It was bad enough that someone he posted screenshots where Tony Constant said, "Dude, are you okay? Did something happen?" And that that he, that's all that was there. Yeah, and it's just like well you're not actually making Tony look bad by doing this. I'm not sure what you think you're accomplishing. Well, I mean, I, if I was Tony, I'd be like, dude, or like, what do you, like, did you get hacked or 
that that's basically what there were there were a grand total of three messages and one of them was like are are you all right are you okay what's going on and uh as far as i can tell that's it so now i i you know what i it this is this is rather cold to me to say but uh if ringside news is <laughs> is gone then um Nothing of value was really lost, so... Yeah. All right. I think that'll take us into our last... Our last topic for the evening. And, uh... We'll phrase it this way. What you playing? What kind of games yeah. you getting into right now? What what you playing? We've kind of, um... We've kind of touched upon this before, but I kind of wanted to basically run it back and do, like, another one where it's like, what video games, uh, or computer games whatever you prefer. Mm-hmm. Like what are you uh what are you kind of playing right now? So if anything. I've, I've got my friends that are very are really championing uh, a new release that's called V Rising, which is apparently a mixture of a survival game and an isometric top down Diablo hack and slash and a settlement building um it it's like the Forest or Veldheim meets Diablo 2 meets... It's like a whole bunch of different things mashed together. Is that, and, like, vampire-themed? Yeah. Ah. So, uh, they they are they are really hopping on that train. And uh, hmm. I, I haven't investigated it yet, but uh, that's that's apparently a big thing coming down the track. Uh, so far as I know, it's a PC game, but uh... I'm seeing it listed on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's only like about twenty bucks, maybe. Okay, that's affordable. Yeah, yeah. Unless uh, it's I'm one of those. Into that. Unless it's one of those that it's like uh, like in-game purchases, but I'm not. Oh, the microtransaction thing. I don't. I don't know that that's accurate because in my in my five seconds of googling it, so I don't know. Well, from um, what I've been told, you can you can set up your own server of it, and um, you can set it as a PvP or PVE server. Hmm. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like that there's a lot of <laughs> microtransaction space. Uh, a lot of the progression comes from. Like I said, it's it's Diablo esque, so you hack and slash and stuff to get loot, and you get gear together to go fight bosses, and that's where you get new tech trees and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound like it's got much room for microtransactions outside of like cosmetics to me. Mm. But um, uh, I haven't. My they've just been you know hitting me up about it today. I haven't gotten to dig that deep yet. Uh, but I will. I will. What about you, Brad? Um, well, I I went down the Monster Hunter World rabbit hole um, a couple weeks ago. I've been playing that. I just started uh, Pillars of Eternity two days ago, I think. So that's essentially like an isometric RPG in the style of um, like the old Baldur's Gate Infinity mm. Engine games. Um, okay. I'm about six-ish hours into that. Uh, just kind of... In those old, like, D&D-style games, you kind of have to get your characters to not suck as you mm-hmm. progress. Um, 
Monster Hunter World is essentially you hunt certain like monsters and you just have to like learn how to take them out. I haven't been playing that because I've gotten to like one of those boss fights that's just gonna be a bitch and I, I haven't <laughs> been willing to go for it. I've been back in New Vegas a little bit, just doing playthroughs of concepts I haven't done before. Yeah, I've seen you on there. Yeah, like a sign on. I hadn't done a full bore NCR agent yet, so that's kind of what I was. Uh, I need to look exploring. at the mods there because I want to. I want to go through that again now that um I have a better laptop. And get uh, I've been doing it completely vanilla. See, I. Usually you have to at least put some of the mods in to get it stable. Yeah, it's not been the most stable thing, yeah. but I've still been doing it completely vanilla. So, what about you, Matt? What have you been into? Uh, I am starting uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three for the uh-huh. Switch because uh, I bought that a while back and I just have not had a chance to. Uh, to play it yet plus i also like kind of maxed out my like swords capacity in <laughs> uh, my second uh uh memory card uh, but i just bought a new sd card for my switch so i'm gonna, gonna start a new game with that one uh plus i'm probably gonna buy a little like after this podcast i'm gonna buy because there's like a massive sale going on i guess there's always sales going on with switch that's a that's a beauty of like the switch you can buy games like pretty cheap like all the time yeah um, I'm gonna buy uh, Dark Deity. Have you heard about that one, Brad? No, that, that that's a new one to me. What's that one? So that one, um, I guess it came out on Steam uh, last year, but it uh, they just ported that to the Switch. Um, it's on sale now. It is the reason why I'm gonna get it is that it is heavily inspired by Fire Emblem. Uh, and it's very much in that vein, like the old school Fire Emblem, where it's like you uh, turn-based tactical RPG. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. So, like, I'm like a sucker for those type of games. So, I'm probably gonna get that um, once we finish up the show tonight. And a couple other ones that I'm gonna buy, uh, probably uh, Dungeons of Dreadrock. Heard about that one? Yeah, I've heard that one. That's on sale now for like five bucks. And I'm like, five bucks? That's crazy. But it that's apparently like a dungeon crawler. Um, it has like, I, it has better graphics, but I'm gonna describe it as like old, like eight bit, like crawling through a dungeon type of thing. Um, that looks fun. Five bucks a cat probably can't go wrong. And then I'm also gonna buy uh, Battle Chasers. I have this for like the Xbox, the Xbox like not 360, like the the Xbox One that I bought like mm-hmm. years ago, but I didn't really like finish it. Um, you remember the comic book? Yeah, I, I've played the game. The game's pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably buy that so I can play it on handheld because I've expressed before like I it's tough for me to actually like play games uh, on my actual like consoles just because I don't have a lot of time to do it um, and they're downstairs in my um, in my office uh, versus my Switch which is upstairs uh, in my bedroom so it's like if uh, my wife and I go to bed she's going to sleep usually she goes to sleep a little bit before i get tired um i can play like the switch in bed for a little bit and the switch is actually like uh, the, the selling point to me of the switch is that you can just turn it on play like 30 minutes and then go to bed it's like it's not 
you don't have to spend all night playing the Switch, but it's fun um, and easily accessible that way. Also, I'd highly recommend uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I've been playing that a little bit here and there, and that's been a lot of fun. I just bought that um, off Amazon, so I have the actual like the I have it hard like on hard disk, not hard mm-hmm. disk, but you know like I have an actual like physical media versus just a digital download. But yeah, I have that one. I probably will play that one and uh, Triangle Strategy because I I just bought those two. I'm probably um, yeah I'm excited about next... Triangle Strategy. Yeah, the next few days I'm probably gonna buy uh, the Chrono Cross remaster. Yeah, that's that's I I I played that a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know that game has a lot of problems, but I I didn't give it a fair chance back in the day. Mm. There's a lot of good stuff coming out right now. I I mean since I just mentioned it, I had no idea this was coming out. I'm a little bit out of the loop, but Brad, are you aware that there's a new Fire Emblem game? I did not know that actually. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it is basically. I think it's a sequel to Three Houses. Um, if not, it's certainly like a continuation of it. I'm looking it up right now. <clears throat> they oh, it's a spinoff. Pretty... Spinoff. Okay. Is it strategy or is it like a different? Wikipedia is telling me that it is a hack and slash action role playing game, so I don't know, but okay. it's also it's also saying it's set in the world of three houses. Oh, uh, three so, hopes. So, uh, wait a minute. It says, uh, yes, three hopes. Gameplay okay. similar to Dynasty Warriors. So, oh, okay, mm, that'll be a hack and I'm slash. Prob- yeah, I mean, I'll probably I'll probably pick it up at some point. It's not. It's not out just yet. It comes out, I guess, in a in a month. But I probably will get that. Um, There's if so it's much not, to play. Uh, yeah, if it's not a tactical RPG, I would be less enthusiastic about it. But well, this GS six is out for PlayStation Five. I don't know when it hits other consoles, but that's also a turn-based strategy RPG. Mm-hmm. And that one's a little more. That's that one's different. You know what I really, really, really want uh, for the Switch is I actually want, like, a, I've said this before, but I want just, like, a really good wrestling game. I would love, like, a Fire Pro Wrestling port. Like, any Fire Pro. Like, the mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance ones, the Japanese ones, the one they did for PS2. The Steam one's like, good. The one they did, for, like, yeah, the Steam one. Uh, that was also on PS4. Like I wouldn't. I would just love that ported. Because they have the new uh, Japan um, packs for. Yeah. The world, I think, is the. The Steam one. I I'm really curious as to see if the the new AEW game Fight Forever if they actually are going to do. If they're going to have that for the Switch as well. I'm not hopeful for that game. I gotta hold on to hope, man. I, I gotta it's, hope it's gonna be it's, good. It's got all the hallmarks of a train wreck. I, I really don't hope, want man. it. Yeah, I don't want it to be bad. Because it yeah. seems like it's been it's in development hell. It's over budget, so that means they're gonna start cutting features. Wasn't there something else in there that was really bad, or was it the trailer? Actually, I thought people were overreacting to the graphics, but it has the hallmark of like a bad, a bad game. Yeah. 
That it's, sucks because like Tony allegedly spent like a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Um, the, I mean, the graphics. It's like if you're sacrif, if they're not, they might be sacrificing graphics for better gameplay, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, people. The one thing that pisses me off is people bitching about graphics and FPS in games. It's just like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. If if like the FPS isn't dipping below, like yes, it's nice if you get 60 FPS on something, but would you stop bitching about it, please? Like it's not the end of the world, I promise. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be okay. Um, look, all I'm looking for is good gameplay. That's what I'm looking for. And sure, uh, there might be like uh, the last. WWE game I tried, I think it was like 2016 or 2017 or something. It's because I got it on like a clearance sale. And it was, uh, honestly, it was um, just terrible. It was, it was awful. And so I'm staring down this stupid game that I played just long enough on Steam that I can't return it. Ouch. Yeah, and, and so I'm I'm hoping that I I can have a um, you know I can have a game where it's I can have that that kind of wrestling fun that I'm nostalgic for because I have set up my 64 to play the old stuff and it's still fun, but I don't know man it's uh, I gotta hold out hope that it'll be it'll be all right I can't. I can't just write it off yet. Well, good luck with that, Shad. I'm yeah. really pulling for you. <laughs> I just know I've been playing video games a long time, and I just you can just tell, you can tell when something's gonna not, when something's gonna disappoint. And I don't know why people. I know holding out hope for this, but I don't know those people that are always shocked when something's bad when like it goes through like obvious development hell like i don't yeah. understand why people are consistently shocked about that it's like no like i've i've been able to tell that since i was like in my 20s if something was going to be bad or not based on like the development oh i get what you're saying and yes i i see the the red flags i'm just uh, it's I'm got just a lot hoping. of red flags it's got a lot like i'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and lie like it's got a lot of red flags. Yeah, I know. Um, it, it does, but I'm still hoping. I'm, I'm still hoping. Just having a n- decent wrestling game would be nice. Yes, I agree mm-hmm. with that. One that's not doesn't try to be so damn complicated that, get, that gets in its own way. Yeah, that I've always had a problem with that. Like Retromania is fine, but that's it's not the style I like. The, my favorite wrestling sure. games have been the um, they've been the the N sixty four ones or the SmackDown. Here comes the pain on PS two. Retromania like, doesn't have enough like meat to it as well. Like, yeah, there's not enough characters. And with something like that, I don't know why you couldn't have released like expansion packs. Well, they are actually. They, oh, they are. They're releasing some new stuff. Actually, I think this coming weekend. But um, you know, it's uh, I want good. I want good in-game wrestling action, and I want good creative character. And I'm basically I'm going to be happy at that point. Um, 
if I wanted a what's the word I'm looking for here? If I if I wanted a like a booking sim, then I would either go hunt up my old EWR installer or uh, the TE. I'd go by TEW like that. I don't I don't need all of that in one game because that's taking up space that could have been used for the stuff I'd prefer. Well, they're adding Chris Bay. Is who they're adding? Okay. Well. Mm. So. All right. Well, guys, is there any other topics we want to hit tonight? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think oh. that's it. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this bag of holding episode. We hope you've had fun. We would love to hear from you on social media. Um, Facebook, inter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, if you got requests, send them our way too. And so, this is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>